I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there. We are re-releasing the Nurses Ball episodes that we recorded in May 2019 to mirror what General Hospital is doing right now with showing us the previous Nurses Ball episodes not only as a fun flashback to a trip down memory lane, but also as a great tribute and a thank you to those who are serving us in the medical field. Thank you so much for all of the hard work that you've been doing during this COVID-19 global pandemic. And we hope that you all enjoy these episodes. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, the podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Pier 54 podcast. And this week we are going to talk about the nurses ball. Finally, I've been waiting for this. It feels like forever. It's May. It's time for the nurses ball. It's our favorite time of year, even though it did take a little bit of a break. Yes. For quite some time. I think it was 12 years, yep. 12 or 13 years. I think 12 years. 12 years is when it took the break. Yes. 2001 okay. was the end of the first, and then it came back for 2013 in celebration of the 50th anniversary. Crazy. See, that was a good one. That was really good. That was a really good one. They like had to come back with a bang. I know. And they did a, they did a good job, but we're not really going to go into that this week. We're actually going to talk more about how it all started, the, um, (laughs) how it all started back in 1994. And then next week we will talk about the resurgence, the re what's the, (laughs) when it came back on (laughs) resurrection, the resurrection of the nurse's ball. I'm like, I know this word. I don't know what word you're searching for. So, And then the following week, we're going to do our recap of what the nurse's ball was, whatever we're going to see next week. Yeah. So we really, we we had 
an idea in our head as to how we were going to do this and it didn't work. No, during researching, it just, it didn't happen. So we have a couple sources that we are just going to use. I know typically we do our sources at the end, but I mean, we're using YouTube, generalhospitalfandom.com. And what was the name of that news article? Desert News? Yes. Desert News. We're going to read an article from that. I know you're on the edge of your seat about that one, huh? <laughs> and we've referenced the travel guide to Port Charles yes. by Lucy Coe. Because how could you not? She has a whole section that has its, its notes on a couple of them. So she doesn't go over every single one. But then there's also little footnotes that she adds some information to and also some input from Spencer. So, <laughs> which is weird. But I know. Okay. He goes, I guess he goes back and watches them and then he gives his little input. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So like um, in 1994, he talks about my beloved Emma's mother. Aw. Yes. That was so cute when it they were is. crushing so hard. It was. All right. So we want to start. I was going to say, why don't you start with what's it called? Desert what? You want to start with the desert news? Yes. Desert news. Because okay. that kind of explains how it okay. started. Yeah, sure. And so this was an article written by Carol Bidwell for the Los Angeles Daily News. It was published on June 18th, 1998. And I don't know about you, but that was like the very, very, very beginning of the internet. And so I think it always surprises me when I find articles <laughs> that was dated back then, because that's back in high school when we were using Dogpile yep. to look up stuff. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for young kids at home, that was the first, that was Google before Google. When you were still using dial-up. Yeah. Let's to those yeah. horrific noises. <laughs> and, okay. Well, that article does contradict what the book says, though. It we do want to point does. that out. The book states that from the very beginning, it was a fundraiser for um, pediatric AIDS, AIDS awareness. According to that article, it says the first year was kind of just a, let's have a fun party. Yeah. And it's going to coincide with Compassion Day, is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, so just to point out that discrepancy. So um, no, that's okay. It just says general hospital raises funds to fight pediatric AIDS. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but it just says that in less genteel circles, it's known as putting your money where your mouth is. While the cast of general hospital has been singing, dancing and emoting on screen at the show's annual nurses ball, a talent show to raise money for the fictional hospital's pediatric AIDS wing. The cast and crew of the show have also been raising money off screen for real life AIDS research in the past two years. So this would have been probably like 96, 97. General Hospital has contributed more than $109,000 to the nonprofit Elizabeth Glasser Pediatric AIDS Foundation where it has been used for research and emergency care for AIDS patients, said Doreen Lane, the foundation special events manager. She also goes on to say, there are a lot of daytime shows that do something to recognize those with AIDS and HIV, but General Hospital went one step further. And that's something that you and I have talked about a lot that, you know, they really do a lot. You know, we've seen them do stuff for the Shriners, you know, obviously the AIDS foundation, things like that. Now we're doing the mental health and everything like that. They really do go above and beyond. Yeah. And these are numbers from 1998. Worldwide, there are 1,600 children a day infected oh with the gosh. AIDS virus, and we all need help. We need all the help we can to educate people and find a cure. General Hospital has been very generous in doing that. So in 1998, it was the sixth annual Day of Compassion, and it was the fifth annual Nurses Ball. So it sounds like the Nurses Ball came to be. The GH executive producer, Wendy Ritchie, said the idea for the Nurses Ball came from her own desire to see cast members, usually unseen, singing and dancing talents showcased. 
The first ball in 1994 was so successful that the cast members and viewers alike, she decided to make it an annual event and to tie it into the Day of Compassion. The fundraising efforts came later after GH broke ground in 1995 with its first storyline in which teenager died of AIDS and another was infected with HIV. You know, there was some pushback oh, according sure. to this about people saying how long the story mm -hmm. took and how depressing it was, but they pointed out that it played out in real time. Right. You know, it played out in through a uh, stone picked, it says stone picked up the virus during sex with an infected drug addict was diagnosed and fought the disease and died. And that was a very big stigma back in the 90s was that you had to be obviously a needle drug user. I'm saying obviously in the 90s, this was the way of thinking. I'm right. not saying this is how right. the back way that then, it was perceived. It was thought you had to be a gay man or a drug user yep. to use needles. Yep. And those or, were the only ways. <laughs> yeah. Or irresponsible. Right. You know, like it couldn't come from protected sex or from things like that. And there was actually, while I was going through YouTube, there was a clip showing from one of the nurses' ball, AJ making all those accusations, mm. saying, like, why are we raising money? There's breast cancer. There's, there's things, there are diseases out there that people can't control having. Why are we wow. right? I know. I mean, that's awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me, because that's how a lot of people thought, especially back then. But it reminds but me of what we just accused, like what we got mad at Cameron for saying. Yes, yes. So, you know, I, it's, so it's, well, it's true. GH writers keep it as real as they can. Because yeah. that's a conversation that would take place. I know plenty of people, especially back then, that would have made that same yeah. case for why are we raising money for this yeah. disease? And I mean, I'm sure you remember, you know, back in the 90s, we were educated on if anyone has a cut, you know, don't right. go anywhere near them. Yes. You know, um, if you're kissing someone, if they have a cut on their lip, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it was really, but the article basically just goes on to continue Kimberly McCullough and Michael Sutton, the actors who played Robin and Stone, they actually appeared in an after-school special I teaching the kids that. about how AIDS is transmitted <laughs> and can be avoided. They received a lot of accolades for that. And then the GH money, the money GH donated to the Pediatric AIDS Foundation, which has an annual budget of $9 million. And again, that was in 1998. Yeah, that's crazy. Came from the royalties of Robin's Diary, which you have, <laughs> and I need to read. Yes, I'll get that to you. Um, a fictionalized journal of teenage Robin. And from the mail order, mail order. <laughs> so for you youngins at home, we, we did not order stuff on the internet. <laughs> we had a sheet of paper that you had to get out of a magazine. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. you had to possibly call them to have them send you an order form. Right. You could probably order yeah. over the phone even. I bet they were all in like soap, soap digest and stuff. Probably. Did you get the order form? Mail order sale of the same kind of nurses ball t-shirts worn on the show by cast members. <clears throat> GH writers and GH promotional people. Yes. I was, we were just on the general hospital website under the merch tab. There's no nurses ball items. No, no. They need to bring that back. They, they should. I need a t-shirt. And why is there no, come on, let's update. You know how the Red Cross has mm -hmm. text, right? $10. One, two, three, four, That's five. so easy. And $10 mm -hmm. will be donated to the American Red Cross. Why not during the nurses ball? Why don't we have that? Right. Text XYZ. So I did look into this, the foundation that was talked about, the Elizabeth Glasser Pediatric AIDS Foundation. I was on their website and 
They do say that Disney is one of their biggest contributors. And as we know, Disney owns ABC, which then owns General Hospital. It does not specify information about General Hospital. So I don't know what the updated numbers are so many years later as to what donations have been made. But do you recall them really making that focus of this is actually a thing that we raise money for, honestly? No, I don't remember it being. I knew that that's, I don't know how I knew that, but I knew that it was a real organization. But I don't know. Like, they could really step it up a notch and get fewer right. participations. Right, even just putting the, the website link to donate. Yeah. I mean, the, the same idea that the Red Cross uses is genius. Yes. But, and so easy, because you always have your phone in your hand. It right. It takes a second. Right. Yeah, I don't know why that's not more widely known. I don't know. GH fans rock, and they would donate all kinds of money. You know they would. Could you imagine if just all of us donated five ten dollars Right. You know, that's, we should be able to buy something. We should be able to help. Yeah. So, you know, if we're not supporting that foundation anymore, if there's another foundation that they're supporting, maybe they get the money. You know how we joke about the fact that they have official sponsors. Right. You know, those people were paying money for oh, that. Oh, sure they are. Maybe that money's Especially getting donated. Those lines are. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my skin <sighs> sauce. That's because I shampooed my body with this body wash from such and such. Oh, That's not something you would normally say, but okay. <laughs> no, no, not in that way. <laughs> All right. So uh, the first. So we're just going to talk about what is it? 94 to 2001. That, so it was yes. the first eight we're years. Try to stick with that. We're going to just kind of review and talk about the acts that were performed. So just for a little bit of background, as we said, you know, one place says that it wasn't for AIDS research until 95. However, the travel guide to Port Charles, which is an official release from, you know, I mean, it was promoted on General Hospital. So I I feel like this is a credible source. It says 1994 that the Nurses Ball came into being as a fundraiser to benefit research into the treatment and cure for AIDS and HIV. It was before Stone and Robin had been diagnosed, but it was such a, for lack of a better phrase, hot topic in the country at that time. So it was held at the Port Charles Hotel, which is now the Metro Court, because remember that thing burned down. It did, it did, but it was (laughs) funny to see that referenced. And it was attended by almost everyone in Port Charles. Of course. Lucy M. Seed and Catherine Bell helped her. Yes. I forgot about that. I forgot. Yeah. We've talked about it. Lucy's outfits and everything during the show is one of the highlights. But the one thing that I guess I didn't realize as I was doing the research, it was underwritten by different people almost every year. I didn't realize that either. Yes. No, because I had almost completely forgot about Damien Damien Smith. Smith. Yeah, me too. (laughs) When I saw him, I was like... Oh, oh, yeah, I know you. But to read that he was the one who underwrote the whole thing the first yeah. time was shocking to me because I thought that it just was something the hospital pulled together. Yeah. So it just says that Damien Smith um, suggested that. He just suggested. It, it just says suggest, <laughs> suggest the ball he and underwrites the ball it. and underwrites it. Good idea. I'll just pay. Here's my checkbook. Lucy Co. co-chairs with Bobby Jones. Mm-hmm. And it was in June. You know, I mean, so they do keep some storylines going during the nurse's ball, but not typically, you know, it it tends to be kind of around the same thing that we see with the anniversary episode. Right. This is where we take a little break. Yeah. You see people that don't normally get along performing together or um, opening for other acts and things like that. It does always make me question though, like in real life, if it would be that easy, but I guess for a good cause, we can put our differences aside for a day or two. Yes. So do you want to start talking about um, what the different acts were? Sure. So I figured I would just read the list and then we'll pick out 
what spoke to us. Okay. Some of these I remember and some of them don't. Um, Dr. Kevin Collins, who I don't like, we all know that. <laughs> Monica Quartermain and Simone Hardy performed triplets from Bandwagon. Nurse Bobby Jones and Damian Smith danced the tango. Tony Jones was supposed to dance with Bobby, but leaves her standing alone on stage. Is this when he was with Carly? I'm guessing. Okay, so. that's what I was thinking too. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I did not like that storyline. <laughs> Nurses Amy Vining and Audrey Hardy and Dr. Simone Hardy are included in the chorus line that performs one from a chorus line. Dr. Steve Hardy performs Casey at the Bat. Do Which you... makes so much more sense now that and we know he was a Pittsburgh Pirate. Well, and a Cleveland Indian <laughs> and... As soon as I read that, I was like, I remember watching that. I so yep. remember watching that. And I thought of you bringing up the fact that he was a real life baseball yep. player. And it all came together. And made Did you ever have to memorize that? What? Casey at the bat. I had to memorize it in middle school. No. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with your middle school. But we didn't have to do we that. We memorized the Gettysburg Address, the new Colossus, and Casey at the bat. Huh? Mm -hmm. Do you want to recite it now? or? Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but I just remember that we had to do that. So. Nope, didn't have to. Felicia Jones and her daughter, Maxie Jones, danced to April Showers with Felicia dressed as a clown. I think clowns are scary. I wouldn't want to participate in that. Oh, but geez. seeing little Maxie was yeah. adorable. Stone Cates and his girlfriend, Robin Scorpio, act out the death scene from Romeo and Juliet. And this was before they were sick. <laughs> and this was whenever Mac had such an issue with them dating. Yeah, was like constantly trying to keep them apart. Mac Scorpio does a stand-up comedy routine. Brothers AJ Quartermain and Jason Quartermain do a comedy skit. So did you look these up on YouTube? <clears throat> I did not watch all of them. Did you watch the Jason and AJ? Yes. It was so bad. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you said oh that. I, I was afraid for a second you were going to say good. And it I was, was going to be like, so bad. oh, we're on two totally different pages here. That was so bad. And the comedy um, routine for Mac, did you watch that? Yes. What was up with that accent that he had? I don't know. When did, did you that hear away? that? Did you hear that? I did. Oh my God. Yes. How could you not hear I know. Because he had that for so long and now he doesn't. I forgot about it. Yes. But hearing it again, I was like, okay, okay, I know when you're someplace for so long, you pick up their accent or you drop your own accent. Yeah. That was really. That's like native. Like drastic yes. to go from where he was then to the way that he speaks now. Like, yeah. Did he just wake up one day and completely talk differently? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. AJ and Jason was bad. Oh, it was I so mean, bad. I honestly, thank goodness, that is not their... Yeah. That didn't make their careers. No. You know, so and that bad. was Jason Quartermain, not Jason Morgan. Right. So that right. was pre-accident Jason. Yes. And at that nurse's ball is whenever Jason met Keisha. And she already had a tennis date set up with AJ. Oh, Yes. Dun, dun, dun. So again, I tried really hard not to get pulled off yes. into the storylines. But seeing that, I was like, oh, I know who you are. I remember that. Yeah. So oh, that's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Nothing from this year really stuck out at me as like, oh, my God, that was so amazing. Except I do, like I said, recall Steve Hardy performing Casey at the Bat. And for me to remember it all these years later, it yep. obviously must have been good. But I did not re-watch that one. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, it's on there. I will. I will have to. Because um, I thought it just made, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He played baseball. That totally makes sense now. Yes. And that's the other thing, though. So, I mean, it's one thing that we do highlight these skills that these actors have that we don't perhaps get to see. They actually tie in their real life stuff, too. Yes. Because as we will talk about during this segment, and we've already talked about with Alan, he's saying from Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Yes. And he was Prince Charming yes. in Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. So I just think that's really cool when they I wonder if I in interview stuff. to, you know, have them play those characters, if they need to know their whole dance routine. Because some of those people that just play, you know, normal everyday characters, then you yeah. see them up there like flying through the air and you're like, 
Did you just learn that for today? Because it's kind of like that dancing with the stars mm-hmm. thing. Some of those, most of those people still have some type of dancing background. And I'm yeah. like, that's not really fair. I want to see someone like me who has never danced a day in their life will like actually do it. Notice Sarah Brown Carly. Yes. Did the nurse's ball. Mm-hmm. Laura Wright Carly does no. not. No, she does not. Elizabeth does not sing. Elizabeth dances. Yes. And I noticed, I really do think that most of the people are actually singing. Yes. Yes. Except for there was one time that it said Catherine Bell. And it says, it says she, she, was sing, she was lip syncing. Yep. So good for them for giving credit where that stuff is. And I mean, that can't be easy. So do we want to move on to 1995? Sure. I feel like a lot oh. of our comments are <laughs> foreshadowing. Right. So in 1995, the ball was once again written by, underwritten by Damian Smith, mm-hmm. and it was co-chaired by Lucy Coe and Catherine Bell. Mm-hmm. It was aired June 21st and 22nd, 1995. Mm-hmm. During the chorus line at the end, Catherine throws Lucy out onto the stage in her underwear. And I think that was the start of the underwear thing because... No, it was the year before that. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Because, because the curtain... That was an yeah. accident. It seems like <clears throat> now... Every year they like try to some yeah. get her in her underwear. The first year was an accident because the curtain was pulled down yeah. and she was backstage changing. And then this one kind of also an accident. Now we're just getting intentional with it. But <laughs> right, <laughs> some of the throw you want to say it may have been an accident on Lucy's part, but Catherine right. definitely knew what she was doing. There. Yeah. So who were our acts then? Um, Eddie Main, which I loved that whole storyline. With love, Lois. I love Eddie Main, and Lois is beautiful. Oh. Um, Eddie Main and the Idol Rich perform Somewhere Over the Rainbow. If you don't know who Eddie Rose Main is, it's Ned. Oh. Oh, you need to go back and find <laughs> out who Eddie Main is if you don't know who Eddie Main is, because yeah, he was amazing. Yes. That whole storyline was amazing. I had no idea he could sing like that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Tony Jones, Kevin Collins, and Alan Quartermain with Emily Bowen Quartermain perform If I Only Had a Brain from The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Dr. Alan Quartermain performs King of the Forest from The Wizard of Oz. Dr. Tony Jones, Kevin Collins, and Alan Quartermain with Emily Bone Quartermain perform We're Off to See the Wizard from The Wizard of Oz. That whole segment <clears throat> is on YouTube. I highly recommend watching yes. it because it is adorable. Yes, that would be like it, the only time that I ever liked Kevin. <laughs> he was in that skit. <laughs> he did an amazing job. So I will give him props for that. Good job, Kevin. Mary Mae Ward and her pips, which was Justin Ward, Luke Spencer, and Lucky Spencer, which was so adorable, uh-huh. perform Midnight Train to Georgia. And that's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> Luke Spencer and Lucky Spencer do a hip-hop dance. Did you watch that? I did not. So oh, my gosh. I can see that one. It was totally Vanilla Ice style. Oh, it was wow. so bad. <laughs> it was so obviously awesome but it was totally rad in the 90s <laughs> so i mean it was totally of the time totally rad i don't think i ever, tubular. ever <laughs> words, even in the 90s but okay uh, miguel morez sings the power to believe dr steve hardy and his grandson tommy hardy perform you've gotta have heart from damn yankees lucy co and damian smith perform anything you can do from annie get your gun lucy co strips to big spender auctioning off her clothing for charity mm. nurses bobby spencer audrey hardy and amy vining and dr simone hardy are included in the chorus line that performs one from a chorus line. I didn't realize until seeing them keep repeating who gets included in the chorus line 
that there was a song back then for every year like there is with the current one. Yeah, yeah. I, I never realized that back then. I watched uh, Lucy and Damien do the Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better. Okay. And, I did not watch that one. Oh, so. see, it was as you would expect. Okay. It, it wasn't, like, amazing. They kind of just, like, walked through the ballroom, like, yelling the song back at each other. That's, yes, that's so the song. I, I feel <laughs> like, like that's a hard song to do. It did not. That should have been a Catherine and Lucy song. Yeah, it did have one part where she wanted to stand up so she was taller than Damien and she uh-huh. pushed Catherine out of her chair so she could stand on it. Yeah. To like keep that dynamic of them like fighting or whatever. Mm. But I, I just felt like that wasn't a mm. great song for them to sing. But all of the Wizard of Oz parts, Eddie Main and yeah. seeing little Emily, she was so cute. I know. She was How so little Lucky was. Yes. Oh, so did you watch the Gladys Knight in the Pits? Yes. Like, yes. that was cute. That really mm-hmm. is one of my favorite songs. Immediately afterwards, it goes into Luke and Lucky Aww. breaking down and it. getting some funk on. And, <laughs> and it was so... I just, I can't even... You have to watch it. I'll have to go back and watch it's, it. Set it for 95. Set it for 95. All right. So then in 96, the ball was underwritten by Catherine Bell. And Catherine and Lucy were co-chairs again. It aired one day, June 21st, 1996. Sonny and Lily donated $30 million. <laughs> the wife that blew up in the car. The wife that blew also up. Also known the as boom. the wife that blew up. Yes. <laughs> donate $30 million to establish the Stone Kate's Memorial AIDS Wing. Max Scorpio presents his niece, Robin Scorpio, with a quilt made in memory of her boyfriend, Stone Kate who died of AIDS. Mm -hmm. Watching those old ones, we don't show the AIDS memorial quilt anymore. They need to bring that back. They do. They do. That was beautiful. 96 was really one of the best years as far as keeping it about what it was because Lucy opened the ball talking about remember that this isn't just about the money that we're donating but really about appreciating the people you have in your lives and you know you should be donating from that place in your heart you keep asking when you donate like what am I getting and the word is hope and it went on and on and like that was really powerful yeah but they you, they showed the wall or the quilt every year up Mm -hmm. until the break after that and the thing about that wall is those are real people yes And that, you know, I know that we think that these people were real in our (laughs) lives, but when you see those real names, right, it just brings out so much more. Yeah. It was actually during this nurse's ball that Robin announced that she was HIV positive. Mm-hmm. She broke down and Jason Morgan. So we're after the crash, but he and Robin yes. were fang. Yes. And he came and carried her off stage. And then Catherine rigged it so that Lucy ends up swinging by her ankles, causing her dress to go over her head. And we see her undies. There's a chorus line at the end. I think it's funny that they did one, but that's okay. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> So who was our, who All right. were our performers? Sorry. So Dr. Alan Quartermain sings Beautiful Girls. Okay. Carly Roberts, which is so funny yep. to still hear her as Roberts. Carly Roberts, Dr. Tony Jones, and his son, Lucas Jones, performed together from Gypsy. Ned Ashton sings We're Having a Baby. Catherine Bell, Lip Syncing. Yep. And Lucy Coe performed Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend from Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Janice Ian performs when Angels Cry, Carly Roberts, Nurse Audrey Hardy, Dr. Simone Hardy, and Keisha Ward are included in the chorus line that performs one from a chorus line. And Catherine lip-synced over Dara. Yes. I'm sorry. I no, that's that. okay. Dara Jensen. Yes. So Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend is where it did play up the back and forth between Lucy yes. and Catherine of who could get into the limelight. Yeah. They kept pushing each other and all of that. Yeah. I felt like that was appropriate for them. Yes. And for their relationship. Yes. 
Again, I don't think it was the best I've ever seen. I don't think it was the worst I've ever seen. No. But it was appropriate for where they were. I think that that year, the acts were second to Stone Past. Robin was making her announcement. And during the Nurses Ball this year is when John Hadley died. Oh, right. Uh, Lucy announced, like, comes out and announces it during the. Because wasn't it like halfway? I feel like it had already. No, it was after a break. They had taken a break. Yes. She came in and announced it like it had just happened. It had happened earlier that day. When in real life, um, I believe it was a few weeks before the nurses. All right, on to 97. Okay, so in 1997, the ball is underwritten by... Yum. Yes, or <laughs> And it was co-chaired by Catherine Bell and Lucy Cove. It aired two days, June 20th and 23rd, 1997. So I'm assuming that's a Friday and a Monday. I would assume. Catherine rigs Lucy's dress so that it will fall off her. When she goes on stage during the chorus line at the end. I'll show you how you rig someone's dress so it just falls off at the right time. But it's really interesting that like that really and that's a very childish thing to continue (laughs) to do. But if you notice I um hashtagged our post wardrobe malfunction. Oh (laughs) (laughs) I commented on it because that's all that I think of when um I think of Lucy and all of her issues. For us to see Dr. Alan Quartermain saying it's a grand night for singing. And 10 minutes ago from Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, which we know is very impactful for Miss Shannon because she's brought it up six times over these podcasts already. Um, Dr. Tony Jones and Carly Roberts performed There Ain't Nothing Wrong With Me. Nurse Bobby Cassadine and Luke Spencer performed Last Dance. Edward Quartermain and Emily Bowen Quartermain performed Together at Last from Annie, which is my favorite movie of all time. Dara Jensen and Ned Ashton performed You've Got a Friend. Carly Roberts, at, then it says now Corinthus Jacks, but this article is obviously a little dated. Right, because now, now we're back to Corinthos. And Keisha Ward are included in the chorus line that performs one from a chorus line. I had watched Alan Quartermain do the Cinderella bit a couple weeks ago whenever you had sent it to me because we were talking about how excited we were for this. And that was amazing. Yes. And you, I'll let you handle the rest of that because I know that you're in love with him for that. No, I just loved it because they also, it was also a really nice entrance of all the ladies. Yes. You know, and I think that's something that I hope they get back to because I feel like there's not that touch of class. Mm, right, it's all about sex lately. Yes, that was classy. You mm. know, Edward singing. Yeah, because I love Annie. <laughs> also, I know you're like you. You love love Annie, but that's definitely one of my favorite movies. And I just thought that was so sweet because yes. you know Edward was always such a grump. You know, right, and this right. made him into. And anytime you see him and Emily, yes, it's just so sweet. Right, you know, I thought it was funny to see Bobby Cassadine because this is when she was married to. Stefan. Yes. So, so when I was watching, first I watched, and I don't know how it was performed in what order, but first I watched Tony and Carly do There Ain't Nothing Wrong With Me. Uh-huh. And I was so angry for Bobby. Like, yep. I just wanted to smash my TV. I was so mad on my phone because I was watching it on YouTube. She did nothing but sit there, first of all, for the whole act because, like, yeah, that she was you know, with Stefan. So I guess she didn't have a huge issue with it, but I still felt like that song was totally disrespectful to every relationship he had before that, because it has some part in it where it says, but yeah, doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, she did not Carly herself in that performance did nothing but sit on a bar stool. So not sure it was that. She amazing. shook a little. And like put her leg over. She his, did some hip sway. Yeah. Okay. That's not dancing. <laughs> okay. She, it just wasn't impressive. And I felt like that song was disrespectful. I'm sure that was the whole point of it. But me personally, I was so mad for Bobby. 
And then to see Bobby Cassadine was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. They were together. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why she didn't matter. But in my opinion, having Bobby and Luke dance together was weird. Yes. I don't want to dance with my brother. No. no. Not to that song. No. And not in that way. No. Mm-hmm. No. So, okay, good. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that was like, wait, that's Luke. Why yeah. is that Luke that's dancing with her? She could have had anyone, anyone dance with her. It's weird. It, it was really weird. Yes. All right, so 1998, The Ball was underwritten by Stefan Cassadine, and Lucy co-chaired it. It aired June 19th and 22nd, 1998. Eve Lambert locks Lucy in a rolling wardrobe closet during the chorus line at the end of the night. Lucy wheels herself out onto the stage and bursts through the closet door in her underwear. Oh, shocking. Okay, so this year was a little bit different. 1998 is when the spinoff came. Yes, Port Charles. Yes. So I don't know if it was 1998 or 99, because we haven't got that far. And in my notes, I just took some random notes. But in one of those, they give, Alan says, oh, and we're so glad to have our interns here, blah, blah, blah. And they like swooshed the camera over that table for like a microsecond and then back. And I was like, who are all these people? What is he talking about? And then Uh, I realized... Oh, it's because they were bringing it together. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. So if anyone else was confused also, that's why that happened. But I was like, why is he just introducing one table of people? Right. Like, not even by name, just great to have the interns here. And then it's switched back to the pull point of the ball. So Lucky Spencer, Dara Jensen, Elizabeth Weber, and Marcus Taggart perform Jailhouse Rock. Dr. Alan Quartermain, Robin Scorpio, Ned Ashton perform Someone to Watch Over Me. Lucy Coe, Brenda Barrett, Dara Jensen, and Dr. Karen Wexler, yay, perform Big Spender from Sweet Charity. Doctors Eve Lambert and Julian Devlin perform You've Got a Friend in Me. Why are they performing that twice? I don't know, but you know, this makes me feel really old because I remember when Toy Story came out. That was my son's favorite. He was born in 1998. That was his favorite movie of all time. We took him to Disney right before he turned four and every outfit that he wore for that week had Buzz Lightyear on him. His suitcase had Buzz Lightyear, mm. his little bucket hat to protect him from the sun. And now he's 21. Yeah. So okay. when I hear that song, that's what I think of is my When he gets boy. married, we please dance with him to that. That's a great idea. Although we were at a wedding this weekend, like we had talked about and they did the mother daughter dance and then they did the um, mother son dance and they, asked for all mothers and sons to come out. And he was like, no, we're not doing this at my wedding. This is just weird. Why are they doing this? And I was like, come Maybe on, he come meant dance with me. And he that was like, no. having all dance, he'll change his mind. I don't know. We'll see. But he'll he would not mind. dance with me last weekend. So we'll see if he changes his mind by the wedding day. I think I'm going to make him. And that would be a really cute song mm-hmm. to dance. Make a note of that so you can remind me in a couple it's, years. It's public knowledge. <laughs> there now, we so. go. Someone shoot me a, God knows what technology would be out in that year, but right. a, something to remind me to do that. Okay. But I don't know why they repeated it twice. That doesn't make sense. It was a big movie, but yeah. I feel like there was a lot of other choices out there. Ned Ashton and Emily Bone Quartermain perform The Power to Believe. And that's when they were showing the AIDS Memorial quilt. Yes. If you look on YouTube like and watch it. Scott Baldwin, Max Scorpio, Edward Quartermain, Serena Baldwin, Dr. Karen Wexler, Emily Bone Quartermain, Robin Scorpio, and Maxie Jones perform Thank Heaven for Little Girls from Gigi and Girls Just Want to Have Fun. They like did a mixture of that. I don't know if you watched it. I did. In one second. Dr. Julie Devlin, Eve Lambert, and Karen Wexler are included in the chorus line that performs one from a chorus line. 
So yeah, my favorite out of all of that would have been the Thank Heaven for Little Girls slash Girls Just Want to Have Fun. That was really cute. Because it was really cute. It was like how they did it. Age appropriate for the fact they had the little girls in it. And again, it was a father-daughter kind of thing. So we didn't need a bunch of sexiness in the middle of it. They were just cute and like it showed the progression of ages. And it was, you know, I feel like it was a short time Scott's daughter was in any of the stuff. And we talked about that before when we covered the Baldwins. So it was neat to like see her and be like, oh, yeah, I do remember when she was like part of everything. That was my favorite, too, of that because it was um, it was just cute. And again, it was like the class stuff. You know, right. it was yes. family appropriate. Yes, exactly. I also watched where um, Lucy and Brenda and Dara and Karen did Big Spender. Mm-hmm. Didn't we just say that Lucy stripped to Big, Big Spender? Yeah. Why are we reading the know. same thing again? But anyway. But Jailhouse Rock was awesome. That's when Lucky and yes. Liz were dressed as cops. And, did, yes. and Taggart was awesome. Yes. Taggart was an awesome character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jailhouse Rock and Thank Heaven for Little Big Girls Ensemble. Were, yeah. were my favorite yeah. out of those. I do like the song One. However, that's a 70s. You know, I feel like in the 90s, they could have been doing, they should have been doing Seasons of Love from Runt. Hello. Yes. Right. Just saying. I mean, that, well, they can't go back. They can't. <laughs> so we're going to stick with what they have, but I agree. Yes. We should have been doing this podcast. <laughs> there weren't podcasts back then. <laughs> It should have been making mixed. We weren't of even our IMing ourselves yet. No, we no. weren't even friends then. So no, it's totally impossible. We were We levels. were in rival school. But yes. All right. So ninety nine. Ninety nine. The ball was underwritten by Amanda Barrington, Lucy Coe, and Catherine Bell are again the co chairs. It aired on June eighteenth and twenty first, nineteen ninety nine. Catherine and Eve Lambert see to it that Lucy is pulled out on stage by the chorus line at the end while she's in her underwear and changing backstage. Shall we send Lucy a lock? <laughs> right, right. Here's like a chastity undergarment just yes. wear on the nurse's ball because yes. You don't need to be in here. Here's some spite. Um, the acts that year were Ned Ashton, A.J. Quartermain, Dr. Alan Quartermain, and Edward Quartermain sing I Feel Good. Chloe Morgan and Jasper Jacks danced to Cheek to Cheek from Top Hat. Dr. Chris Ramsey, Eve Lambert, Karen Wexler, Joe Scallion, Ellen Burgess, and Matt Harmon performed Dr. Doctor. Are those all people from the other show? I think so. Is that why yes. I'm not recognizing yes. all their names? <clears throat> Mary Shallon, Serena Baldwin, Neil... Candlers, I'm hacking up some of these. These have to be. Victor Collins perform High Hopes. Lucy Coe and Catherine Bell perform I'm a Woman. Dr. Tony Jones, Mike Corbin, Max Scorpio, Nurse Bobby Spencer, Felisa Jones, and Dr. Eve Lambert and Chris Ramsey perform Jump, Jive, and Wail. Brian Setzer. I, I did not care for that number, but Sorry. we'll get to that one <laughs> okay. second. Emily Bone, Quartermain, and Ned Ashton sing Forever Young. And there is a chorus line at the end that performs a can-can. Oh, they livened it up a little bit yep, for you this they, year. They went to France and did the can-can. Yeah. We love France. <laughs> so, yeah, I watched Jump, Jive, and Whale. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know. I just wasn't impressed. I did not watch, I think, any of them except for Chloe and Jax, which I loved Chloe and Jax. They were yes, so cute. Yes, I kind of forgot about her until I remember her, her so much because I liked her. Emily and Ned singing Forever Young was also when they were doing the tribute yes. too. So that was that was really nice. So it kind of sounds like a slightly anticlimactic year. Right. Okay. Although now I do want to go back and watch 
Ned, AJ, Alan, and Edward saying, I feel good. Yeah. Because that might be a good one. That might have been the best one and we missed it. I know. I didn't watch that one. I didn't watch it either. Oops. We're bad at our research. No, we just watched the ones that (laughs) YouTube suggested first to us or that sounded the most interesting. Exactly. I think they put Karen. I was like, yes, I will watch that again. Exactly. So, all right. 2000. 2000. Go ahead. The Ball is underwritten by Stefan Cassadine and chaired by Lucy Coe. It aired June 20th through 22nd, 2000. Nicholas Cassadine gives a speech on Stefan's behalf. I don't know why. We should have gone and <laughs> right. looked at that. Dr. Chris Ramsey donates $250,000 to General Hospital AIDS Research Fund, and there is no chorus line. And what? Lucy does not end up in her underwear. Oh, maybe that's why they keep doing it now, is because this is one of the last years. Maybe they feel like yeah, pulled because Lucy wasn't in her undies. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Stefan probably wanted to give a speech since he underwrote it. So Nicholas just gave that speech. Maybe. For that reason. But Maybe. I don't know why Stefan wasn't there. The acts are, I'm confused. The acts are a music video of Dr. Kevin Collins and Victor Collins singing Chick Magnet. That's played with Dr. Eve Lambert and Mary Scallion. Scallion. How do you say that? Scanlon? Scanlon. I don't know. I apologize for butchering these names if they're not one of my favorite characters. They're on Fort Charles. They don't know who they are. So I'm not sure why there was a music video played, but okay. Yeah. I don't really like Kevin, so maybe they were helping me out there. Juan Santiago, who, when I speak of him, I refer to as Little Stone. Because he looks like he should <laughs> He looks say, like Baby Stone. <laughs> like, he's just so... When I first see him, I'm like, Stone. No, that's not Stone. It's the wrong year. So yep. if your brain does that too, that's Juan. Remember that. Juan Santiago, Emily Bowen Quartermain, and Elizabeth Weber sing and dance to Footloose from Footloose. Eddie Main sings Simply Irresistible. Lucy Coe and Dr. Alan Quartermain and Tony Jones perform Hey Good Lookin'. Juan Santiago and Emily Bowen Quartermain, with help from Robin Scorpio and Lucy Coe, perform Lean On Me, then the audience sings with them. Mm-hmm. So again, I now I need to go back and watch this whole why we're playing a video of Kevin. But I did watch Footloose. Me too. That was cute. Um, That was cute. It was appropriate. You know, it was just fun. Yes. Something to do. It, do you remember how big Stomp was? Yes. That's what it reminded yes. me of because they got the water jugs and they're yes. banging on them. So, yeah. Yeah. They did a really good job with that, I yeah. felt like. And then I also watched um, Lucy with Alan and Tony do Hey, Good Looking. It was okay. I'm just not crazy about them, like, as a set. Like, I like their individual yeah. characters, but they always try to put them together and it, it just doesn't do anything for me um and i made a note that in 2000 is whenever they had the other carly and the other lucky and i was Ugh. like no i don't like this I what, which my... carly the bad yeah. carly no not the bad carly the i'm sorry we just don't know her name <laughs> Because it's Sarah Brown, Tamara Sarah Brown. Brown. Sarah. Okay. Sarah. It was, it was Sarah. Okay. And, and not that she's not that she's bad, because she was a good Carly. I liked her as Carly. Not as much as uh, Laura, but I liked her. But it was still just weird to see both of them and be like, no, you're not right. No, yeah. you're definitely not. Like, they showed her first, and I was like, eh, not the right one. And then the next clip, it showed that Lucky had come back, and I was like, oh, no, wrong Lucky. <laughs> it was a big letdown. See, when I think Carly, I always think of Sarah, and then I think Laura. Oh, okay. Which is just so funny because i mean especially now where tamara's kim right i mean it's, right so it's so weird it yeah. is it's hard all right so now we should be on to 2001 which, which was is the last, the last one yeah until it came back go ahead so it was underwritten by amanda barrington and lucy co chaired it stefan cassadine announced that the cassadines would double all contributions made that evening Aww. 
Lucy Coe announced that the show had to go on despite a Manhattan train colliding with a bus. Also, Helena Cassidyne and Stavros were arguing about when to unleash their next act of terrorism. That's that whole box thing, right? I think so. Oh, wow. Wow, you just took me back. (laughs) All right, so the acts were Edward Quartermain, Max Scorpio, Marcus Taggart, Roy DeLuca, and AJ Quartermain perform it's in his kiss. Gabrielle does a strip tease to Let Me Entertain You. Allison Barrington, Livy Locke, and Jamal Woods perform Love Potion Number no. 9. Nicholas Cassidine, Gia Campbell, and Lucky Spencer perform Up on the Roof. Felicia Jones and Luke Spencer perform Old Time Rock and Roll. Dr. Alan Quartermain sings Not While I'm Around from Sweeney Todd while at the bedside of his temporarily paralyzed daughter, Emily. So some of those had to have been on Port Charles because Livy Locke is Kelly Monaco. Right. On Port Charles. Yep. Okay. Yes. So this was the, they said in one of the articles that it normally only goes on for the two hours because they cross over two days. Okay. And then this show, it had to, it went three because they crossed over into Port Charles. How did they do that with, I mean, there's only one, two, three, four, six I, acts. No, there must have been a lot of filler. Yeah. A lot of filler drama going in. Because I tried to find out about that train colliding with a bus to find out what that was, and I couldn't yeah. find anything about it. Yeah. Because I feel like that's a really odd sentence that to is. have. That is odd. I don't know why. That. Why? Yeah. No, when, that's weird. When was that? Like, I don't remember that. I feel like I should remember that storyline, but I don't. Oh, was that Lucky? Wasn't there a train collision and like Lucky was on it? I feel like Liz might have been too. I forget. I don't know. Right. That, well, that'll be a recap of something else. Yes. Sticking to the nurse's ball, I watched the It's In His Kiss and I'm not sure why. <laughs> why did they do that? Well, it was, it, it's, it is what it was. It was what it was. <laughs> I just, it wasn't bad. Like the singing wasn't bad. The performance, there wasn't much to it, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't sensationalized the way that if you were going to do that, I would have done that. But I just don't understand. It didn't feel to me like something that Edward would do. I know he got a little more carefree and kind over those couple years and like interacted with other people more. Yeah. But that still didn't feel like something he would do. There has to be a story behind it that we're forgetting as to why they did that. There must be. If you know that storyline, please let us know because I'm confused. Because for him to have and all of the men who were involved in it are all straight men. Right. You know, so there's no, nothing, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't don't get it. I think that was all that I watched. Yeah, that was all that I watched from that year because I don't know some of these characters. Yeah. Maybe that's why it, well, so they said that poor Charles in the, says, in, according to the travel guide, poor Charles, <laughs> then like the rest of the world, the part, cho- part, <laughs> take two. Then like the rest of the world, the poor Charles economy couldn't support what many viewed as a frivolous expenditure. Oh, okay. Yes. So the ball took a break from 2001 to 2013, 13. which was the 50th anniversary of the show. So we will talk about that next week. All right. On next week's You'll be on your edge of your seats for next week. So if you have a memory of your favorite nurse's ball moment, please email us or reach out to us on social media. On most platforms, we are Peer 54 Podcast. You should be able to find us. We are the only one. And have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to subscribe and follow on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you listen to. Also, please give us a review. This helps us know what you like. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And also, we're not perfect, so if there is something that we messed up or something that we missed, 
or if there's just something that you want to talk about, let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 